Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You know, okay, it's actually just so funny because what I love about Shopify is no matter how huge and massive you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control, yes, daddy, and take your business to the next level because we're business women. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club. That's shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash book club. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Who's that knocking at the door? It's all your friends, you filthy whore. Your husband's gone and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill. It's Hollywood. It's books. It's gossip. I'm shook. It's memoirs. It's martinis. It's Studio 54. It's Celebrity Book Club. Come read it while it's hot. Celebrity Book Club. Tell your secrets, we won't talk. Celebrity Book Club. No boys are allowed. Celebrity Book Club. Hi, I'm Stephen Phillips Horst. I'm Lily Marotta, and this is Celebrity Book Club, the podcast where we read celebrity memoirs and then talk about them. We dish, we gossip, we relate it back to our lives because we're obsessed with each other. We're two best friends since middle school, but we're also comedians, writers, cultural analysts, and we've been obsessed with pop culture for decades. We grew up in the scene, and by the scene, I mean we would go to Barnes and Nobles and Borders bookstores in the greater Boston area and get autographs. One time we were at a Victoria's Secret at 10 a.m. and Heidi Klum yelled at Lily for skipping school. And I said, fuck you, bitch! Go back to Hamburg! And now look at us. We're sitting at two small tables. I, I think our, our, you know, our, our love for celebrity was not, was not a blind worship. No. You know, yes, we're not praising at the altar. Oh, absolutely not. But nor are we evil, you know, making fun of celebrities for being no. superficial. We're not snark for snark's sake. You know, we, we, we want to peel back the layers of the onion and see if these people, what they have to say about life, what they have to say about uh, culture. We'd love to see their faults. Yeah. But also what brings them joy. Uh, tennis, anyone? 30 love, 40 love. 40 love, 50 50 love, love, 60 love. Match point. 
We've read the book, this pandemic, Mm -hmm. of none other than one of the greatest tennis players who have ever lived. Truly, yeah. Um, One of the only people to actually complete the career Grand Slam. One of, um, I would say, the only tennis players I really, like, know much about. Yeah, that's true. Well, also, you know, one of the only tennis players to, I think, overlap with the world of celebrity and fashion Mm -hmm, um, so mm -hmm. intensely. Um, Some may even call him a queer icon. We're, of course, talking about none other than... Fit God. Andre Andre Agassi. (laughs) Um, Woo! Wait, woo! I I was going to do a tennis sound, but... Which is what? I don't know. That's the <laughs> kind crazy of like a... thing. Yeah. Um, I think Agassi, when you say fit, obviously you mean outfits. Yeah. I mean, he is a fashion icon. He was actually one of, like, I think he is, in some ways he kind of invented, like, fits in the sense of, like, straight guys being into clothes in this way. And also, like, in terms of collabs. Because his collabs with Nike in the 90s, when he was sponsored by them, like, they released all of these limited edition T-shirts and shorts and all these like polos that like today are grails. But I think obviously Andre also was a subculture icon because as we find out in this book, he was always pushing the boundaries of what tennis could look like. And mm-hmm. I think he was constantly derided for being a punk, being a punk. I like at first it was like, oh, you don't respect the sport because you have a mullet. So he famously had this mullet in the 80s that was like Spiky, skunky, super skunky. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he was like wearing super short shorts, short acid wash shorts with tight pink, like bicycle shorts underneath on top. We're talking like, I mean, just take yourself to Google for a second, throw up a YouTube maybe of some of his old matches. I mean, these insanely sick polos that were like splattered pink and blue, which, you know, granted was like some of the design at the time, like this right, was, it very, was the it was very, 80s. It was literally the 80s. It was like <laughs> fluorescent abound. Um, but he, there's a scene where he describes, like, I think it's him and Pete Sampras, who's this, like, no. his rival that he talks about. Was it Pete? Am I wrong? But they're, well, like, at the Nike headquarters in Portland, and they're like, pick the shit you want. And he's like, well, I went for the pink spandex, like, short shorts, because, like, I'm random and, like, I'm alt. And, like, I feel like he was choosing this stuff in this way that was so alternative because he was rebelling against his father. Yes, that may have actually happened also, but I think it was John McEnroe. Oh, it was him and John, who, yeah. And it was, they, the stuff was actually from McEnroe. McEnroe goes, what the, literally goes, what the fuck is this stuff? Because he's so straight, obviously. Well, and I think it's like, yes, it was the 80s, but it's like, right, the men were still just being like white stuff, but yeah. like short shorts. Yeah. Well, and of course, tennis is a very sort of conservative sport. Which is why, you know, I've kind of, you know, stayed away from it, even though. You literally like golf. Well, yeah, I golf and also, <laughs> actually, confession. My parents, I, I'm kind of Agassi in this way where my parents put me into Harvard Tennis Camp as a child. Oh, my God. Revealing my privilege here. <laughs> yeah, badass punk from the wrong side of the tracks went to Harvard Tennis Camp as a child. Because my parents were like, you want a sport that you can like still play when you're old. Oh, because they looked at you and were like, cash cow. <laughs> we need this bitch to support us on our deathbeds because we know we're going to like <laughs> no, wait, this piss is- away all our all our doctor money on, on just like sort of like takeout and like this divorce. <laughs> and cats and stuff and like cats. that. I think more they meant just like, yeah, like when you get old, you can like still grab a racket and with your 50 year old friends and go to the courts and exercise. You can't be playing football at 50. So true. Which is what the sport I wanted to play. 
Oh, you want it to be like, wait, what was like that first female football player? who, oh, like, who just, just was who, Sarah something. Sarah something. Yeah, I wanted to be her. I wanted you to wanted be. You to play football? I played football every day at recess. But were you so bashing into stuff? Well, it, they wouldn't let me play tackle. Right. Girls weren't allowed. Right. And you had to be like touch. Or so I was on like Little League and, you know. That's interesting. I mean, I will say you can be very fearless in physical stuff. Yeah, I'm actually totally fine with bashing and stuff. Like you're off. Like I've literally seen you like jump out of a moving car when I. <laughs> <laughs> um, but back okay. to Andre for a second. Okay. I think I'm fearless, and so is he. But yeah. I mean, we're gonna get into this a lot later in the pod. But a lot later in a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three hours. You really are Andre, and I know that. I, I, yeah, I, I like. We'll we'll talk about who we are in the book, but I, I, I felt. I identify with him so deeply just like on every page of this book because he's just like A is like weirdly spoiled but just like also an asshole but then also everyone's just like underestimating him well also I feel like he has kind of a love me or hate me vibe which you kind of do yeah he can be a little bit um, he can be kind of like polarized yeah polarizing like really randomly assertive and like immature Um, and then of course he has this whole saga about his hair and his baldness which is so you which is so me and he's like so insanely self-conscious about it like I feel like his hair evolution went from iconic mullet yeah to hair piece which at the time, no one knew he was doing a hairpiece. Hello, Trump. Um, so I guess, you know, I want to just sort of yeah, let's kind of dive into this book, which I will say right off the bat, let me just say, this is a good book. Good ass book, y'all. This is a good ass book. It is worth a read. Like, I didn't know anything about tennis going in. There is, I will say there's a lot of tennis in it. And it's very just like, and then he beat me. And then I like slammed him back. And then I was up in the second set. And you're kind of like, okay. And you get through it. But like, it's not. It's not, like, boring, but no. it, it moves quickly. It's but kind the- of, like, in that way where if you don't like sports but you watch Friday Night Lights and then you're like, oh, well, there's a story behind this so yeah. I can watch this football. And sure, yeah, there's, like, sometimes by page 300, you're like, we're, he's describing, like, the 900th Australian U.S. Open <laughs> and you're like... Okay, yeah, I mean, I get it. it. It's the third set, (laughs) and you (laughs) broke him, but then your legs cramped. It's like, there's so many cramps in this. I'm like, what are y'all, a chick? Oh, my God. I mean, it really is insane, like, what athletes go through. They're just like— It's phenomenal. It's the they human are heroes, you know, what they can do, and he's getting shot up with so much cortisone, and he's like— my doctor told me if I even tried to sightsee in Rome, my courtesan <laughs> shot would be done. And done. Like, no one had ever gotten seven quarter show shots like <laughs> over the course of one year. And I was on my ninth. Oh, uh, wish we had some cortisone to do right now. I'm always just like, well, I feel like that's what they gave Trump. Mm, I'm sure. Yeah. And it just pushed him right there. I mean, I would love a little bit of cordy. Yeah. Um, once my mom accused me, Stephen gave me bed bugs once. Um, I don't see how this is relevant to the discussion. I was taking a lot of cortisone, and my mom told me I was ODing on cortisone. Well, you were just rubbing on a topical cream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not the same thing as a shot, like I into understand. your spinal fluid. Okay, <laughs> Meredith Gray. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. Okay. So, so Andre, let's yeah. go back. Let's go back. So Andre Agassi. Let's start off with the fact that he is Armenian. And that he Kardashian is Kardashian vibes, literally Kardashian vibes. He's so Kardashian, and like I think it like really sort of um, pr- 
foretells, I want to say presages, Prese- augurs even, <laughs> the sort of like the Armenian invasion. Forsages. <laughs> the sort of Kardashian. New favorite word. <laughs> that, but the like, the sort of that new money aesthetic of the Kardashians, because like he's from Las Vegas. Which is an insane place. Like if you're from Las Vegas, you're, you're already a crazy person. Yeah. And nothing against people from Vegas. Like, I'm jealous. Absolutely. I'm so jealous. My grandmother once told me that an uncle of hers owned Las Vegas but sold it before it was anything. And then I told my dad that, and he was like, your grandma's completely crazy. I don't know what lies she's talking about. An uncle of yours? Like a great, great uncle. She was like, he owned owned the whole damn strip, sweetheart. They lost it. Game of two-bit Charlie. And uh, yeah, no one in my family owns Vegas. I don't know what on earth she was talking about. Well, no one now. Um, But so I guess see, so his dad was a like like a pit boss, like at a casino. Right. And insane job. It's like you're yelling at people, you're watching on the cameras. And then he comes home and he's screaming at Agassi, like at their like house out in the middle of nowhere in the desert. He like has this tennis court in the backyard. That he built himself. He built the, the tennis dog. court. He built this crazy machine called the Dragon, which just like shoots a million tennis balls at Andre, and that's why he's the best returner in mm. the game. Tennis term. Hello. Hello. Thank you, you know about tennis. Hi, um, career in sports broadcasting, anyone? Okay. Because he's so good at just like returning the Whipping serve. the ball back. Because like Slicing this monster was always throwing balls at him. I mean, and it also goes to show, it's like, if you're going to become, I think, a pro golfer, a pro tennis player, a pro swimmer, you have to have an insane parent. Psycho parents. Well, or an actress, Gymnastics. honestly. Yeah, any Hillary kind Duff. of, like, yeah. so obviously there are, like, crazy, like, football and soccer parents, but it's like, if you're pushing your child in a solo sport, you need an especially crazy parent, because it's only you and them. It's so true. It's a solo thing. I mean, um... I when we first started reading this book, it was kind of early pandemic, mm. and I actually had to stop for a few months because wow. I was like... I need something to pick me up and like reading about Andre Agassi's dad like beating him on the wrist at age eight. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Sorry, trigger you, warning. Yeah. Well, because you were going through stuff with your dad. Him passing. Him, him passing. dying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sort of that stuff you went through. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's like kind of hard to hear all that. Exactly. It was a lot. Um, and it's kind of funny because sometimes, you know, you I, I, st- I took karate, but I stopped. And no one was there, to, you know, whipping my wrist, saying, no. Lily, put back on the belt. Mm-hmm. Get that yellow stripe. They said, short, quit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, the grass is always, the clay is always drier. Redder. Yeah, on the other side <laughs> right. of the court. Do uh, I wish I was beat on the wrist so I could have a black belt now? Mm, no. I mean, that'd be so lesbian if you were like <laughs> three-time judo champion. <laughs> I know. How cool would that be? <laughs> Did you ever play tennis? No. I feel like it's one of those sports where it's like, I'd be good at it because I like, I just feel like it's like a rich person sport. Yeah. And you also get to like really dramatically be like, ah! Yeah. This, <laughs> the grunts. It's yeah. all, ah! And I've like, I, I would love to do that. And I also love, you know, it's a very, Andre, I guess at one point in the book, talks about how um, it's the only sport where you talk to yourself all the time, which is, of course, one oh, of which my is so you. special powers. And do you remember when Agassi got, he got, like, fined or kicked off or something like that because he called himself, like, a fucking idiot? He oh, was like, right, yeah. He was like, you stupid fucking idiot. Yeah. And they were like, fine. And he was like, and they're like, what did you say? And he's like, that's right. Called myself a stupid fucking idiot. <laughs> Hell yes. Hell yes. So punk to insult yourself. He also gets fined for calling like the umpa 
or not the ump or whatever. <laughs> the ump. <laughs> a, um, a cocksucker. Okay. And he was like, yeah, he was a cocksucker. Which is so strange of him. It's also pretty crazy. I mean, who would have guessed that the first memoir we would read for our podcast would be a straight guy? I know it's wild. Well, but I think that but there's then, something about him that's, that's really not, that's really not straight. Again, no. So like, let's discuss how many things about him are queer. A. He loves tequila. He loves tequila. Which yes, it's like George Clooney. Like you can be pimp, but he's always like craving a margarita. Craves margaritas. He loves pasta. Every single meal in this book is pasta. We'll get to the food in a Which minute. is again also like nineties. True. To, like, um, crave a penne. Okay, also, like, he knows so much about interior design. He's always like, oh, this house is so fake country, like, oh, French country chic. Right, how Brooke Shields wants this, like, French country knockoff split-level Malibu house. And he's just like, I wanted a rambling farmhouse. Yeah, oh, just so house hunters. And it's just, like, the woman wanting this, like, faux, like, French country island. And then they do get that house, and that's just another thing. On his list, it's that another makes nail him mad. in the coffin of their relationship. It's also really gay. I mean, obviously his style, right? But also, like the I think the rebelliousness of like is very gay. So it's like when he's a teen and he's going to that psycho tennis camp in Florida, run by that just like Bulletary Academy, Bulletary Academy, by that's just like massive bald, like chomping on a cigar, like red faced <laughs> yeah. Italian guy who's like sounds like the most mega person like, in <laughs> <know>. history. <laughs> And it's just like they go to this camp and he like completely rebels by getting a mohawk at the Bradenton Mall outside of Tampa, like playing a playing a match in jeans and winning. And like everyone's like, you disrespected the sport. I mean, I guess that's also very straight, like to be like, why the fuck would I need shorts? I can like play in <laughs> jeans, dude. I don't even feel them. OK, I guess that's true. To re- but like rebelling through fashion. But this is why this is why he's like kind of a straight queer icon, I guess. Yeah. Okay, but also I'm, a gay part about him is the way he describes his trainer, Gil. Well, yeah, he's, he has this trainer, Gil, who was, like, the University of Las Vegas football coach. Yeah. And he, like, steals him from the University of Las Vegas. To become his, like, personal, just, like... Kind of, like, personal, like, not even... He's not... He has a regular tennis coach, but this is, like, his god trainer. Yeah. Gil has a notebook that, like, he refers to as, like, his Da Vinci notebook. And it's, like, literally Andre's, like, wrist measurements, like, day by day. Like, Andre's it's neck like measurements. Gil, right? Gil being so gay. They're being but, gay for each but other. But Andre's always just, like, Gil had a 54-inch chest. <laughs> he was the widest man I'd ever seen. And it's, like, okay, calm And then down. he's always, like... Well, because he had so many daddy issues, will like go to Gil's house and like curl up and sleep on Gil's floor. And Gil would be like, Don't you want to like go home to your girlfriend? He's like, No, I want to curl to your floor, which again is also like insane athlete. Like, um, can I read a passage mm-hmm. to me that was like one of the most sexual passages I read in the book? <laughs> go for it. So it's where he's describing they go, they're at this diner in Scottsdale. This is right after he gets arrested for speeding in his Corvette, and then the cops let him off because they're. Fans. fans, yeah. And he goes to court. And they're just like, you're sentenced to give him hell on the court. <laughs> yeah. You're sentenced to give us tons of autographs. <laughs> um, so they're at this diner and these like a group of other diners like calls Andre Axia Faggot. And then oh, Gil right. like defends him. And it literally like got me rock hard when I went this because like nothing was hotter than like Gil's defense of him. But okay, let me just describe quickly. We go to a dinner one night at the Village Inn. It's late. We're eating a combo platter of dinner and breakfast. Four guys burst into the restaurant and sit what booth away. They talk and laugh about my hair, my clothes. Probably gay, one says. <laughs> Definitely homo, says his buddy. Gil clears his throat. 
wipes his mouth with a paper napkin, tells me to enjoy the rest of my meal. He's done. Aren't you going to eat, Gilly? No, man. Last thing I want during a fight is a full stomach. When I'm finished, Gil says he has some business to take care of at the next table. If anything happens, I shouldn't worry. He knows the way home. He stands very slowly. He sidles over to the four guys. He leans on their table. The table groans. He fans his chest in their faces and says, You enjoy ruining people's meals? That's how you like to spend your time, huh? Gee, I'm going to have to try that myself. What are you having there? Hamburger? He picks up the man's burger and eats half of it in one bite. Needs ketchup, Gil says, his mouth full. You know what? Now I'm thirsty. I think I'll take a sip of your soda. Yeah, and then I think I'll spill it all over the table as I set it down. I want, I want one of you to try to stop me. Gil takes a long sip, then slowly, almost as slowly as he drives, pours the rest of the soda over the table. Not one of the four guys moves. Gil sets down the empty glass and looks at me. Andre, you ready to go? Did you jerk off to that <laughs> passage? Okay. I mean, to me, that's like still just like so straight and like two guys like being like, fuck yeah, badass, let's get back in our car. But yes, there is a charged energy male or I mean also men in sports that's just naturally gay. I mean men in locker, sports is so gay. Locker, locker room and like training, each other's balls. Yeah. I guess to me it was like the idea of this like barrel chested man defending me at a diner yes. well, against homophobia was like so hot. And I was fuck like, homophobes. Fuck. I okay, this I guess huge what was man to like pour Diet Coke on someone else's hamburger. A moment that was gay for me is mm. Gil and Andre's like first kind of night together. He invites Gil into his Corvette. So also Andre, as he is always buying like the most like nineties like fabulous like insane white Corvettes, and he invites him into his Corvette, and they just talk all night long in his car. Yeah, do you remember that? And then, but then Gil gets really cold. Like, oh no, Gil runs really hot, mm. and so he'll like turn on like he turns off the heat for him and then they just keep on trading off of like when the heat is on and when the heat is not on and Andre would just be like I would talk till I was blue in the face and he was just like freezing and then Gil was like sweating this barrel Justin man is like sweating bullets yeah I that so you're talking about like the sort of the temperature regulation felt really gay to you yeah just to be like, well, also, that just seems kind of romantic to just be like, I'll go blue for you. Oh, that yeah, is beautiful. Right? Um, wait, back to cars for a second. There was something I wanted to discuss, which is um, the time when he um, like wore a pair of Oakleys on the cover of Tennis oh Magazine. Oh, my God, this was insane. And Oakley. So this is like in 1992 or whatever. Like, this is a window into what celebrity used to be like. So he wears a pair of Oakleys from photo shoot, like not even like meaning to wear the Oakleys Casually or throws on a hot pair of your classic, classic 90s rappers. He ends up on the cover of Tennis Magazine. Because he's wearing Oakleys on the cover of Tennis Magazine, Oakley sends him a Dodge Viper. To his house. So he's at his house. The tr- this truck rolls up. He's like, like, huh, what's up? What's that? Like, the back of the truck opens up. A Dodge Viper rolls out. Like, it's the fucking Price is Right. And it was just like, this is a thank you for wearing Oakleys on, like, a magazine. Like, that, it was just like, that is so insane. If you, if you were a like, Cut to us wearing Ray-Bans and Dazed magazine. Wearing Ray-Bans and Dazed magazine. <laughs> they and just drop like, off a 1956 Corvette at my door. So the reality is, obviously, today, like, 
if you're like busy Phillips, just like <laughs> you have to like do six Instagram story posts about Oakley just to get a free pair of Oakleys. Like no, that's I, your only reward. Yeah, it's like Mindy Kaling is out here like shilling Le Crusades. <laughs> no, I know. It's, <laughs> it's humiliating. But I think sports players, it's actually still a whole different game of like sponsorship. Well, I guess that's, I mean, sponsorship is one thing, like, okay, obviously. But you're like, right, the casual influencer. The like, casual, because that's like casual influencer, like, just for wearing the thing once. Like, he he wasn't, like, an official Oakley sponsor. No, I know. Like, because so, he was official Nike. I mean, what's interesting, what I learned in this book, is that if you're an official, if you're sponsored by an official apparel company, you have to wear that apparel. Well, Remember, right, when his sneakers fall off in a match and they need new sneakers for him and that he has to borrow Nikes from someone in the crowd. And they were like a size and a half too small and he has to like wedge them on. He's like, like, I'm yelling to the crowd, does anyone have a Nike size nine? Oh, wait. By the way, he's a size nine. I know. And I was like, small ass That's my size. Okay, Okay, so your Agassi. Yeah. I I lie and I say I'm I'm a nine and a half man, so. Oh, God. You and your foot dysmorphia. I think I really am a nine men's, but anyway. Um, it's not like it's, like, you act like it's so subjective, and it's just kind of like... It they're... depends on the shoe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to get you over to, like, Stride Right or whatever that... Oh, and ta- that, have them that, take that, out those that, metal that things. That big metal thing. <laughs> Who remembers? There's a 90s kids. Uh, 90s kids will know when your mom took you to the mall. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Achy back, headache, runny nose, itchy eye, wart on my genitals. So let me guess, you stumble down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. (laughs) There are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk, get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club. ZocDoc.com slash book club. Ditch the talk. Okay, I want to talk about his dating life for a moment because yeah. there's a lot to discuss. Let's get into so it. So I really knew Andre in the 90s because 
I mean, he was yes on magazines everywhere, but I was a huge Suddenly Susan fan. Suddenly Susan was a must-see TV NBC sitcom starring Brooke Shields, Kathy Griffin, Judd Nelson. Um, and so I was always like, oh, Andre Agassi is Brooke Shields' husband. I remember Suddenly Susan always being like three in the ratings because I would it read entertainment religiously. And it was always like Seinfeld, Friends, and then Suddenly Susan. Suddenly Susan felt very like, it's on Tuesday with Just Shoot Me and Friends and Seinfeld is on Thursday or something like that. Or maybe Suddenly Susan is Monday. I th- at one point, they shoveled it to Thursday must-see TV lineup. Right. Which, okay, I also think that the reason I'm such a Thursday girl is literally because of NBC growing up. Yeah, and I, must-see Thursdays. I associate Thursday as being, like, the fab, like, most fun party finish night days. of the week because it's, like, television. Um, which, of course, now is associated with, like, being a total, like, veg sitting at home and ordering uh, seamless. like, Netflix binge. <laughs> <laughs> binge, anyone? Um, but, yeah, Suddenly Susan, first of all, is, like, a bad show. Like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly Susan is not a bad show. I feel like it was, okay, I feel like Kathy Griffin, like, not to be such, like, Griffin heads, but, like, she she okay. was always making fun of it, how just, like, yeah. by season two, they were already running out of ideas, and it was just, like, the whole office goes camping. Like, it was, like... I guess I have just, like, such fond memories of those, like, NBC sitcoms. It was No Willing Grace. It wasn't even Just Shoot Me. So, yeah, okay, sure, it was maybe my fifth favorite, but I think it's also how I got in... It was also about, like, a magazine, and there was, like, a photographer, and they were always, like, looking through, like, little Wait, samples. Wait, were Suddenly Susan and Just Shoot Me both about magazines? Yes. It's insane that there was two shows. That's, like, all 90 shows. It's just, like, working at a magazine is the only job slash most glamorous job yeah. you can have. And that, that's and also, like, every rom-com is So what's completely insane is, like, okay, so Andre is, like, with this chick who also who sounds, like, very 80s, and they're off and on engaged, and they break up. Yeah. <laughs> boring next she was like a local girl she was a Vegas girl yeah, they like hello, met in the tennis courts God. yeah except for I want to talk about one completely insane scene with his ex when Kevin Costner invites um Andre and Wendy over to watch The Bodyguard and Andre is just like the movie sucked but one thing that stood out was the song I Will Always oh. Love You by Whitney Houston. No. <laughs> so it's insane also how Andre Agassi, this is actually what's so gay to, about him, is his favorite type of music is like soft rock. Like yeah. he's like Barbara Streisand, Whitney Houston. But again, it's like that's just so 80s slash 90s. Sting, like, Michael Bolton, like, Celine Dion. Like he turns Barbara on to Celine Dion. Yeah, which is cuckoo. He's um, like, you need to hear that. Like, imagine be like, oh, you need to hear this chick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it for you. Okay, another like instance of him being so man shit about movies was when he sees the Joy Luck Club at Barbara Streisand's <laughs> ranch, and he was like, the movie was so boring. He was like, classic to tears. chick flick. But then he's like, afterwards, like Babs like sung like at this impromptu gathering around a piano, and he was like, I couldn't believe she had that instrument. I guess that's. Really going back and forth, but now I'm thinking it is actually so 90s straight guy to be like, I love a woman with a really good voice. (laughs) No, I feel like if you... Really good vocalist. Like, if you asked my dad, he would just be like, oh, like, oh, yeah, like, I I love a woman with powerful, powerful pipes. And so did my dad, but we... That's a different... That's a different story. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so him and Brooke started flirting via fax, which is the most iconic way. Yeah. Is there anything more 90s? We've lost that, you know what I mean? We don't fax anymore. No one faxes. 
But you have to you have to mean what you say on a fax. You have to say like, "Hey, I'm into you." Hey, I'm interested in you. Press. What are sad. your favorite films? Oh, um, right. They would send back and forth favorite movies and blah blah blah. So he also talks about meeting Brooks. Like the first time he talks about Brooke, he's like, "Met her mom. She was pretty weird." And like. Doesn't really get into it. And again, Brooke's mom is like famously like a completely insane alcoholic who like ruined her. Yeah. And she's like, but so well, he doesn't really talk about Brooke's mom much. Other no, than he that. says one sentence and I think he backs out of it. Right. He's like, she's weird. That's all I'll say. Oh, right, right, right. Because I think Brooke Shields' memoir is all about how her mom was like a crazy stage mom Which alcoholic. kind of brings me to the topic of like stepping on others' memoirs, which she's kind of careful not to do. He doesn't tell her story too much. She like tells no. his side of it, but kind of is like, I'll let her get into her So shit. I was reading because basically they, as whatever, get divorced and um, have this. He's kind of resents for this whole marriage, but... I was reading what Brooke's reaction was, and I guess recently she was on What Happens Live. Watch What right. Happens Live. Right. And someone like, asked her about the book, and she was like, well, Andre sent it to me to be like, is everything correct? I have a bad, me- I have a totally bad memory, so I just want to make sure. And I'm working with a ghostwriter, and then she goes, by the way, I wrote my book myself. I didn't uh, use a ghostwriter. Uh, uh, oh, Yeah. Wow. I mean, I kind of, like, don't believe that, but... I, it's hard to believe. I know that, Brooke, I'm like, you didn't... You had an editor, for sure. Yeah. You didn't have a... Maybe... I mean, Andre used this, like, Pulitzer Prize-winning J.R. Moringer, or whatever, who goes wrote this book. But he's very, like, so Andre about it, and he's always, like, honoring all the men in his life. And he was like, I met him, and we talked for two straight years. It's so insane. Every man that he meets that he, like, falls in love with and has the most insane relationship with, it's just, like, it's such a momentous religious experience for him. When Wait, can we talk about when he meets— Oh, not well. The pastor okay. is another thing that makes him so Kardashian, yeah, and like Bieber so and like, just and like so Bieber because like they're so all about their pastor, and the pastor is like a member of their entourage, and it's just this fake celebrity god. That this fake celebrity of... god that says the most just like absolutely innocuous, just like life goals, life coach kind of shit. Where they're and, just like believe in the path and the road that will lead you. <laughs> To the strength. And then he's like, when he said that, my jaw <laughs> dropped. I asked him to say it again as we were speeding down the 101 in, in my, my Corvette. White Corvette. <laughs> it's also so celebrity. He like goes to this pastor's house and he's like, and he's like, I'm lost, man. I need you. And he's like, look, I'm not I'm not your regular pastor. Just also celebrity. Just like also he probably has frosted tips. And he's like, dude, I'm not going to give you some fucking sermon and tell you what to do. OK, I'm kind of a different type of I'm a cool pastor. I'm a cool mom. Um, it's very Hillsong to yeah. just be like, I'm a cool mom. Um, oh, OK. Brad, when he meets his coach, Brad, for the first time at Key Biscayne. Now, if you know Key Biscayne, it's very – everything is just, like, a huge, like, hotel. And, like, all the food in this book is so 90s and everyone's constantly just being, like – I had six plates of fettuccine Alfredo and a Bud Light. But this guy, Brad, who he's, like, needs to get to be his new coach, like, agrees to meet them for dinner or whatever and brings a six-pack of Bud Light. No, 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 no. Oh, no, this no, no, is no, no, what's no, so no, crazy. This is actually ten times more crazy. He Sorry. only drinks Bud Ice, right. which is like, I don't know what the definition of Bud Ice is. I think it's Bud Light with a higher alcohol volume. 
But it's also a very 90s beverage. I mean, I think it's definitely for sale. And it's like they go to this like very like seaside, you know, whatever, like trotteria that's so steak. And he's like, do you have Bud Ice? And they're like, no. And then he just leaves and comes back with a six pack of Bud Ice. So it's like the most random beer ever. And he goes, he asks the waiter to put it on ice. Not the refrigerator, Brad says, because that's not cold enough. On ice or else in the freezer. He needs freezing cold butter. Okay, and then this guy also, he orders the chicken, like, Parmesan in all separate parts. Hold on. He's like, okay. When Brad returns, the waiter comes for order. Brad asks for penne arrabbiata with grilled chicken and mozzarella. Perry orders chicken Parmesan. Brad looks at Perry. So Perry is, like, Andre's best friend. Brad looks at Perry with disgust. Bad call, he says. The waiter stops writing. What you want to do, Brad says, is order a chicken breast separate, (laughs) then order all your mozzarella and sauce on the side. See, that way the chicken breast is fresh, not soggy. Plus, you can control your chicken to cheese and sauce ratio. I mean, that's very athlete. I think that's a disgusting way to eat. Yeah. To just get so you're getting a slab of mozzarella in the middle. I mean, that's just not how that dish is supposed to be. Like, you no. want the cheese melted, melted on onto the, the chicken. Yeah. But I guess that's also very athlete to be like, and I'm I'm getting a massive meal of my allocated, like, 2,200 calories that I need to burn. But I want, like, six ounces of mozzarella on the side, just, like, seven ounces of breaded cutlet. I'm going to have three and a half bud ices on ice. He's constantly having, like, the most absolutely overloaded meals. He's like, right before our, like, big tennis tournament in Scottsdale, I ordered six cheeseburgers. And it's just like, how well, that's so are you insane. on a court? With Olympian this? is like, yeah. they look, well, so Andre, what's so cool about him, what I love is that, like, one, he is so, like, massive steakhouse, but he's also so fast food. And he's always like, there's this bar where he's at this insane Italian restaurant that him and Brooke Shields like Campagnola and he goes so he's so tired of Brooke Shields and all of her actor friends Brooke and the actors talk over each other while I silently hunker down at one end of the table eating grazing actually I order five courses and for dessert I shovel three (laughs) stinky toffee puddings into my mouth slowly an actress notices how much the food is disappearing at the end of my table she looks at me alarmed do you always she asks eat like this (laughs) <laughs> but then I feel like he's so, so it's like yes I'm sure he was getting like a veal scallopini and like a balsamic glazed mozzarella tomato clam I mean the drizzle during that time everything Dri- had such a brown balsamic drizzle everywhere all over it and it's like Gil will allow him I feel like if Andre is like cranky like he'll allow him to get like Eat Wendy's spicy chickens. And then he's also just like, I I had nerves, so I just like downed like a glass of vodka straight. Well, but when that happens, Brad is like, I'm I'm a little confused what the regimen is before the game because like he is always having margs and having so many steaks and penne's. Yeah. But then when he drinks a vodka, Brad like is shocked and his jaws dropped. And I'm like, Brad, what? You're drinking five butt ices. Well, Brad's not competing in the tournament. Well, I know, but I, I just think, like, maybe it's you're allowed, like, margs and penne, and then, like, but the night before a tournament, you're, like, not supposed to drink. I mean, calories in, calories out, right? right? You're burning so much in that pool, and then you need to pack it back in. And I guess that goes to show there's this, I mean, calories in, calories out is this sort of famous thing that people talk about in, like, diet world, mm. where it's like, it doesn't actually matter what you eat. It's just 
calorie. It's just calorie kind of all that matters. So if it's 1,500 calories of Big Macs, it's the same as 1,500 calories with right. a kale. It's just like it's as long as it's as long as you're burning it off, then you're burning it off. And it's it like, yeah, you make it heart disease later on, but weight-wise. I mean, I remember in my in college in my years when I was interning for the Jerry Springer show, mm. I only subsisted on McDonald's because that's what we gave the guests. But I was running around constantly. And you've never been in better shape. I, literally, I lost 10 pounds. Jerry Springer was kind of your gill, if that, you will. You know, Jerry Springer was my gill. I was smoking Marlboro's. That was your gill McDonald's. water. Okay, so we didn't talk about gill water. So gill water is this special concoction that his trainer makes him. And I'm sorry, but it just sounds like Gatorade. Because it's like he describes it as like electrolytes. carbs, electrolytes, salt, like vitamins and like water, which is like that's what's in Gatorade. So I scoured the internet trying to find the recipe for gill water. Okay. Um, couldn't find it. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's secret, a secret recipe. I was, I was going to make us a batch. And so I bought us, we're right now sipping on vitamin water and Gatorades to, you know, try to make up for the fact that we're not drinking gill water. I mean, I feel like I'm ready to compete at like Indian Wells, but like, I don't know if I go to the Australian Open. Do you know what I mean? 36 grams of carbs in here, 34 grams of sugar and uh, some sodium. So now that we're sort of on the subject of drugs, I want to talk about what I think is maybe the gayest thing in the entire book. The math binge, say it with me. The math <laughs> binge. Um, when he actually just fully goes on a meth binge at his Las Vegas home, which is full of just like pool tables and sounds like the most like it's 80s decor ever. literally like my dream apartment. It's just like pinball tables, pool tables, big screen TVs. And he's like having this bad summer in this like slump in his career in like the mid 90s and... He has this houseboy who also he just like starts mentioning that he has a houseboy named Slim who's like this local Latin guy. And you're just like, gay, 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 gay. And he ends up saving Slim's child later on. But before that, he's like, man, like I'm depressed. And Slim is like, want to get high? And he's like, oh, on what? And he's like, it's called crystal meth. And he's like, sure. That sounds fun. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I feel like I'm on top of the world when I do it. So he does crystal math, and then he's just like, it was awesome. I cleaned my entire house. I was obsessed with it. I felt like I wanted to organize a roll of pennies. And he's just like being so math and being so gay, which I get because it's like when I do Sudafed, I want to clean my house. And Sudafed is obviously like a minor amount of math. Mm-hmm. So it's like that tracks from everything that I've heard. But it's just like, this is so gay, and you're just doing it recreationally. So he wasn't even do, like, competing at that time. And then he's kind of shady about how often he does it over that summer. Well, yeah, he only mentions it really twice in the book. He's like, and then I did it again, and then, like, I had a match, and, like, I was so fucked up, and they were like, what's wrong with you? And he doesn't. I feel like he kind of is, like, like having a summer of meth vibes. Yeah, definitely. And you're like, imagine doing meth, and it's like, he's polishing probably, like, a black lacquered table. Yeah. Do you think he's polishing slim is the question? I feel like they were maybe like jerking off together, yes. and they were both. They're watching porn on VHS. On VHS, no, or pay per view. Oh, that was that era. Yeah, and yeah. they're sitting in like huge black Italian leather yeah. lazy boys. Yeah, big, big, big lazy boys, like eighteen cup holders. Yeah, eighteen cup holders, and so between the cup in a, holders, in like a sunken, carpeted living yes. room. 
And so between probably the pay-per-view and there's probably space between the big chairs. Oh, I'm sure not, some dicks came out. The dicks came out. And it's like, you can't but, totally see, you know, you gotta kind of really yes. peer over. Because of the armrest is so Huge high. Arm you're rest, not necessarily yeah. seeing your friend's tool unless it's quite, quite the quite equipment. large. And I mean... I feel like Andre again. I've like only ever seen your dick in my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're obsessed with me. Um, I'm a gold star. What you call it? Um, I feel like it's like medium but thick. That's very accurate, Lil. That's the vibe I get from him as well. Is medium but thick. Um, I do have to say, I think Pete Sampras is probably huge. Yeah. Like hogacious, you know. What it's I mean? so funny because it's like I, you know, those names also growing up, like Samfras, Agassi, they were all around. But it's like right, Andre is just like so much cooler, and like Samfras and like Andre talks about it so much. Uh, and it's like, could we talk about when Pete Sampras tips the valet? Oh my god, a dollar a and dollar, and says make sure that gets to like the guy who actually brings my car around. Like the stingiest fucking asshole. No, Sanford seems like a huge He's asshole. such a dick. And it's like Andre like lives his life with passion and is like falling in love. And, and like, has having... all of his friends. Has all his friends. And like Pete Sampras is just like cold and like an asshole. They have this rivalry throughout the 90s. So like. They're not friends, the... but you know, it always comes down to the match. Okay, it's but... always him and Pete. But remember when Andre takes him to a, to see. Oh, um, um Greece. He yes. to see him. It's Greece on Greece. Broadway. Yeah, and he gets so mad because Pete gets very bored Joy Luck Club vibes. Yeah, so straight and just like, this Why is a fucking you... musical faggot. Yeah. Like, this and sucks. Andre like is like, oh, so you don't respect musical theater. And Andre's just being like, just kind of tickled by the fact that Pete hates art. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, I'm actually kind of like a Renaissance man. I enjoy art and Barbara Streisand I mean, and Greece. So this is the thing, like Andre's like tastes are so Vegas and like random. Yeah, he loves in general. a good show. Like he but, loves like, like when he goes to like Italy or whatever, and he's just like, and we saw the Sistine Chapel, and I thought, wow, this Da Vinci guy was really interesting. Like he really had something to do. Oh wait, Michelangelo or whatever. Well, he know Da Vinci because he's always comparing Gil to Da Vinci. Right. I mean, I think that's very also athlete. To be like, love the the greats, the bigs. Yeah. So he's like, I love Renaissance painting. Yeah. I love Celine Dion. Um, okay, wait. So briefly, a thing that's also very straight about him, not so gay, is um when he psycholy freaks out at Brooke Shields' friends taping because she has to kiss Joey in a scene. And no, he drives back to Vegas and I smashes scream. all of his tennis can I, trophies. Can I read the passage? Yeah. It's so cuckoo. That was the part where I was like, okay, he's such a dick. Like, this is so weird. Okay. And she's literally so trying like... to do this taping. Because also, I feel like Brooke Shields, like, is just so obviously, like, classic insecure actress. And is just, like, nervous all the time. And just, like, well, needs a so lot of, Well, it was so sad because like... this was pre-Suddenly Susan. Yeah. It's like, Friends was huge. So she gets this gig. And it's like, meanwhile, she's... Okay, this is what made me actually, like, really furious at Andre for a bit of the book. Is, like, she goes to all of his matches. Yeah. And he'll be like, oh, like, Brooke didn't even, like, ask me about the Australian Open. <laughs> And it's like boring, sis. Okay, yeah. like how many times can she ask and like watch you sulk around that like Connors beat you? And then like he'll be like, well, I guess I didn't ask her and that like about the taping. And it's like, no, you didn't ask her about like any for auditions. Yeah. And it's and like at least they're like for different roles. And it's like you're playing tennis. It's always literally just like, oh, what did you do? Like hit the hit ball the back ball. and forth. And so she finally gets this friend's gig and already like grumpy he's there and it's like she's been there for him so many times. And so the scene is like 
actually like Matt LeBlanc, I think like lick it. She has to lick his hand. Oh, that's what. So it's even, even like it's, goofier. It's so clearly comedic. Right. And it's just like, and he's probably being like, oh yeah, how you doing? And just like, she's licking the hand <laughs> and he like gets up in the middle of a taping. I'm sorry. If you've ever been to a TV taping, they didn't call cut. No, no. did they? No, they didn't. He storms out again, gets in his like Corvette or whatever. He's like, and I'm driving, I'm driving and driving. Gets to Vegas. And starts, here we go. So he's smashing and smashing. He goes, I take my tennis bag and try to smash the glass coffee table, but only the rackets shatter. I pick up the broken trophies and smash them against the walls and then against other things in the house. When the trophies can't be smashed anymore, I fling myself on the couch, which is covered with plaster from the gouged walls. Hours later, I open my eyes. I survey the damage as if someone else is responsible. And it's true. It was someone else. The someone who does half the shit I do. Oh. And then, like, Brooke calls and is like, hey. hey. <laughs> so that was kind of weird when you left. That's the, I don't think you're that part of Andre. No, it's like, I'm not. It's like, just... That the sort of the physical abuse and it raises a red flag mm. and you have to wonder. But it's like obviously his dad raised him to be like so angry and like have all this bottled up rage. But it's really bizarre. I also like wonder if it's like because he's not even like I mean, I also think the underlying storyline is there is that him and Brooke like weren't happy in their relationship. And yeah, so it's, it's like, like he never they have, I think, a first year where they're like really they bond over having like crazy parents. Yeah. And then it just kind of gets distant and they just, it's also that thing where like. I mean, I also like when you're, like, tennis is like random and boring. So it's just like, you kind of do need to date another tennis star. No, it's so perfect. And this leads us to my biggest takeaway at the end of the book. He ends up marrying for the love of his life, Steffi Graf. Steffi Graf sounds like the most boring person to ever live. No, truly. And like, he's the all. Whenever so, he describes her, it's like, okay, so she has zero personality. She, like, well, <laughs> A, she's like German. German right? And so just like, like, German people are famously have like no sense of whom you are in Sandy Stern. Humor. Like, also just like, she just she looks so fucking Germanic. Like she's the she's the most like stern, wide jawed. Like no, yeah, not to gender, but I'm just like she looks like the hugest lesbian on earth. So Her like manish. massive nose and no. like big jaw. And like the whole book, it's like there's all these like sort of like hints that Steffi Graf for- is coming. He likes to foresage. Oh, he foresages that bitch. <laughs> and like there's a scene where Brooke Shields like this is crazy. has she comes over to her house, her like rented apartment, whatever, while she's like shooting something in L.A. She has a cut out from a magazine of Steffi Graf on her fridge and as she's her like goal body. as her goal weight she's like this is what I want to be just like just so 90s to also be like Steffi Graf goal weight it's like Brooke Shields who is like six feet tall no, gorgeous, like, gorgeous like one of the be- most beautiful people ever I mean I do just, think that Brooke Shields is very beautiful in like a Boston way I will say she, <laughs> And like, she's like Boston like, beautiful. Yeah, like. she's she's back bay Boston beautiful. Back bay beautiful. <laughs> Find like, your back bay beautiful. Like her Brooke leaving Shields. the Copley in a Felice, like heading to coach, going she has to Stephanie's. That little, like waspy pinched nose, but like yeah, she do, you know she does have like the dark brows, which is like a little. She bit also sexier. shoulders. I mean, now I'm also thinking about. It, I'm like Brooke Shields kind of has this like lesbian swimmer's body as well. 
Um, just in the fact that she's like tall as all hell. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> My mom is always saying that like I label people too much that they're like gay by their looks, and I'm like, and you're just like it's genetic. genetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was like in these photos, I was like, I was like, wait, so sorry, that's Steffi Graf again, Team Brooke. Segment vibes. What does she wear? What does she eat? How does she live? So we've probably like talked a lot about this already in this pod. But what does Agassi wear? I mean, obviously he wears tennis clothes. Um, he wears tennis clothes. And right now his style is very just like super plain white Nike polo. But what's so insane is I was looking at Buzz. He wears like a tight puka shell choker. What? His current, I'll pull it up for you. Wait, like 2020, I guess he Google was a along Pukusha? with me, okay. um, audience. Beep, if beep, you beep. just, Andre yeah, Agassi's he's just like in such a like, you know, classic celeb, like blazer, open white shirt, and just like a kind of a tight, here you go, tight Puka oh, shell. Oh, I've seen, yeah, that photo's completely insane. So he's like, I'm actually still punk because I still wear tight puka I mean, shell he necklace. looks like such a Disney villain like with the, with the shaved head and he's just like so like <laughs> no, I know like, red face now with the puka shell and, he's like, just like an just evil busting. Vegas restaurant manager yeah, and he so notes weird. it and he's which is cool he's like oh people think I know who I am now because I dress plainly but that's not true well this goes back to I think him being like not gay but straight which is like puka shells I think the ultimate like like weird accessory that you get called a faggot for, but you don't actually wear unless you are straight. Right. And I think his style back then of like the acid wash and the crazy polos, that's still just being like 80s and like a funky guy. Yeah. And that was Spawn Con like at the end of the day. Um, so how does he eat? I mean, I think, as we said, he loves like a veal scallopini. He loves like Steffi Graf to have a bubbling lasagna on the table. Like, yeah. He's rolling up on a bad day at the Agassiz Academy to Taco Bell. He's getting like six chalupas, then going to Wendy's and getting like seven spicy chickens, like washing it down with a diet Dr. I mean, Pepper. Let's just say he's the opposite of that faggot Tom Brady who only fucking eats quinoa fucking lentils diet. and shit. He's what he wants, but he burns it off. Yeah. And I'm sure he's also very, like, dabber. He, like, has just, like, a balsamic salad for lunch. And maybe is a little your diet, kind of, like, nothing big dinner. Well, or maybe he's, like, so celebrating, he's just, like, in, like, a whatever, like, a Dasani meeting. And, like, some some Lauren is, like, salads for everyone. And then, like, can I take your orders? And he's just, like, I'll have the grilled chicken. Right. And then it's, like, and then there's a business dinner. Or and it's he's, such like, an airport at, like, salad. La Campanella del Trotteria Asteria. Yeah. And, like, obviously he has a sweet tooth because he's, like, downing so much dessert. Right, so much, like, sticky toffee. Oh, how does he live? How does he live just very 80s teen who just, like, got too much money as a teen? Yeah, I feel like his early years was, like, super richy rich, just, like, big leather couch, as we said, like, huge. I mean, that glass coffee table that he smashes, I can really Ugh. picture it. It's got that brass 
X under it. Yes. You know what I mean? Big, big, big brass holders. And everything is like Italian leather. And yeah. it's like so many signature air hockey tables and it's mini fridges. Like neoclassical, I want to say. Like, it's weird that he says that thing about how we wanted a rambling farmhouse because I feel that's kind His of maybe. style is so not farmhouse. I think that he learned that term like later in life as he was writing the book and was just like kind of revisionist history sizing mm-hmm. like that divide yeah. with him and Brooke where he was like, oh, I wanted a rambling wow, farmhouse. So true. Yeah. And he's like, I didn't want her like cheesy, like big French handles. And I feel like he talks about him and Stephanie like went to a bunch of different like furniture places. I feel like their house is like he still probably has like a super 80s screening room, but their central like big lounge space is just like kind of bland big couch. Yeah. Well, I mean, German interior design is just like really weird. And it's also, like, I think there's a lot of, like, leather in it, but everything's, like, a weird color. I still feel like like a lot of leather is in their home. Okay, who are you in the book? Okay, I think kind of I'm a mix of, I think I'm a little Brad. You're leaving the dinner table to go get butt ice? I don't know, maybe I was just so obsessed with that scene that, like, I I liked that. I Uh mean, I'm also not Brad because, like, I'm not ordering chicken separately from Ma's. Yeah, you're like... Maybe actually, okay, I'm going to say it. I'm the cool pastor. Yes! Yeah, like, who turned my... He becomes a stand-up. I'm a pastor turned stand-up. Yep. You absolutely are. (laughs) Oh, wait, that... Okay, the stand-up reminds me of... Just to go back for a second. But there's a scene in the book where... He's really hungover because he went out drinking with John McEnroe and Tatum O'Neill in Hawaii oh, yes, one night. Badass. And he, he has this tournament and he's like, I was so fucking like hungover and like I just like didn't even try, didn't think I was gonna play well. And then he does really well. And I was like, that's literally so true. With stand-up, it's like if you don't, if you think you're overthinking, and then it's like yes. you go out and don't care, then you can be just with your body and with your jokes, not this like yep tied up and he always says like there's two ways of playing and like you can switch it's it's like when there's no pressure you didn't really well when it's a fucking like when it's like some random girl in brooklyn is like it's a reading on a rooftop and you're just like well this is not a comedy show i don't care i'm not trying to impress anyone and then you kill you slay and then when you're like doing someone you really respect show and then you like clamp up on stage and it's really awkward and everyone's like Oh, like oh, I, I really, like the part. I about... like that one joke where they like pick that one joke. And you're like, kill me. I'm ordering an Uber. Yeah. Like... And then you're going home and you're smashing your glass coffee <laughs> table. <laughs> and I've done that. I have one more kind of closing, super sad note to end on about Brooke Shields. Oh, yeah, please. And kind of this is fun 90s fat toys, B sides, maybe. So, you know, when Brooke um, goes to David Strickland's house and. Who was her co-star? Who played like the kind of like funny Chandler type on Suddenly Susan? Is this in the book or is this in? This Sunday is in the Susan? book. This okay. is in the book. <laughs> Real so, friends or TV friends or TV book friends. friends. <laughs> Brooke um, and Andre go to her Suddenly Susan co-star's house in like Georgia, and Andre feels like super left out because like they're like always riffing in their characters and they're always like laughing and being like, sorry, we're like talking to our characters. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, but the thing about this, like A, he's being a baby, but like B, yeah. that sounds so no, annoying it sounds and so I annoying. would actually want to kill myself. So, you know, that guy committed suicide. Oh, Lily, that's so dark. <laughs> no, okay. And it's, it happened in 99 and the way he committed suicide is crazy. He flew to Vegas with Andy Dick and got a bunch of prostitutes and then hung himself in his hotel room and he was found by a private investigator hired by Brooke Shields. No! Yes! Because he didn't show up for a court date. 
This is 1999. When did Brooke and it was around the same time? And it's like that is so fucking dark. Andre's out here at the Australian hoo ha. She's hiring a PI, and it's like, of course. And it's like, okay, randomly, Andy Dick. I mean, Andy Dick is like the darkest person alive. He is like every day person's biggest fear. Like every day, I wake up like teeth chattering bone chilling fear that I will become Andy Dick and I was like oh this guy was closeted and I look him up and he was randomly engaged at the time to Tiffany Amber Thiessen whoa this goes so deep yeah there's darkness this book doesn't get into because also remember how Andre's sister Rita married that well A gets breast cancer but like marries this guy Pancho Gonzalez who was like a famous like Mexican tennis star Mm -hmm. and then but he was like weirdly abusive and then they were estranged and then like he died of stomach cancer really early and Andre paid for his funeral but like no one went oh yeah I I blocked that one out yeah well I don't think that was all mentioned in the book I think it was kind of like briefly went over and then like if you did a little wiki you could see the rest of it. But yeah, there's like other darkness swirling by them, which I think makes a lot of sense for Vegas. Yes. It's like... Right. It's always... It's all dark so I feel culture. like when we went to Vegas, which was such an amazing weekend, we stayed one day later than everyone else in our group. Mm-hmm. And it was very like, yeah, like it gets you dark when you stay that one day but we all, we also won $80 on that Blake Shelton slot machine. Oh, no, I'm not saying I regret. Yeah, it was like <laughs> best day of my life. I won $80 on a Blake Shelton slot machine, and then we went to Momofuku with that money. Yeah, it was truly really And we saw a, ment- a mentalist. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I got, like, you see, you know, you see the underbelly. Oh, for sure. <laughs> real dark, real fast. For sure. Speaking of, like, just, like, generally, like, sexy times and darkness, the yeah. next book we're going to do is No Lifeguard on Duty. By Janice Dickinson. Dickinson, supermodel. The world's first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, get excited. You know her from ANTM um, and other sort of reality shows. Random reality shows. But, but also from the cover of Cosmo Magazine in 1978. Vogue, 1979. Um, she's a real fab lady and she's got a crazy roller coaster of her life that we're going to dig into. Oh, yeah. So, strap in and rock on. Stick around for more gossip, more <laughs> martinis, more celebrities, and more, well, us. So turn the page. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but like best of luck, literally never hang out with Andy Dick. You will die. Really good advice. Thanks. Um, Okay. Best. Best. Celebrity Book Club is presented by Prolong Projects and HeadGum. The show is produced by Meg Manane with editorial support from Andrew Passens and Leon Nafok. Engineering by Ferris Monchi. Original theme song by Stephen Phillips Horst. Artwork by Teddy Blanks at Chips NY. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us your freaking thoughts, and follow us on Twitter at Celeb underscore Book Club. That was a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, 
offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.